0: I'm Jazz. What's up, y'all? I'm Jay. And this is The Salt Podcast, Saved and Living Transparent. We're just millennial Christians trying to navigate life while also trying to live right. Here we get real yet righteous about culture, current events, and the church. As believers, we are called to be the salt of the earth, so we're here to give this world just a little bit of flavor. hey y'all welcome back to another episode of the salt podcast saved and living transparent Um, we're back again this week with another episode sorry we have been gone for a couple of weeks Um, we just needed (laughs) a little mini break (laughs) to try to get our lives together
1: (laughs) Lot going on lot going on
0: Um, but we're back and we have a brand new episode for you guys today we're so excited Um, but first like we always do. You know, we got to check in with each other. So Jayla, what have you been up to the last couple of weeks, girl? Tell the people about it.
1: Y'all, yeah, what's up? Um so good to be back. Um I just have been getting back into the groove of grad school. I am now officially a grad student entering in my now be my I'd be going as my third week of class. Uh and I'm not going to lie. I <laughs> I have really needed the Lord and been depending um just getting back in the groove of putting myself on a schedule and keeping up with my assignments and stuff uh you know it's it's just uh, some it's an adjustment it's an adjustment and so just getting used to back in the groove of school and reading and work and, and all of that but uh what's been up with you what's been up with you
0: um all of the above honey all of the above but um but first of all i didn't openly say this on the podcast i don't think but congratulations to you jayla um insert claps oh thank you right there um i'm just really proud you're welcome i'm just really proud of the young uh woman that you are becoming and i believe god is going to bless you exceedingly and abundantly um Mm -hmm. you've been doing a lot of good things i know god is providing for you giving you provision and leading and guiding you um and Mm -hmm. i pray you have a successful semester
1: Thank you. I need it. I need the prayers, y'all.
0: Please, please. Yes. Keep, keep your prayers. Send them up. Send them <laughs> up. Send them up. Send them up. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to make sure I got that out the way because I don't think I um outwardly acknowledged her on here. Obviously, we talk all the time and I told her how proud of her that I am. But um, I wanted to make sure I said that on here. But yeah, you are doing great things. But as far as um me, life for the last couple of weeks has just been all things advising and students (laughs) and teaching for the first time and you know i don't really do lesson plans but i'm i'm preparing for the next class you know a couple of days before and just trying to read over you know notes and look over powerpoints and things like that and then our advising has picked up a lot in our office because A lot of people don't know this, but at the University of Alabama, we have over 8,500 students in the College of Business alone. So we start advising for the next semester um, immediately after the last day to add or drop classes. (laughs) So um, I had my first couple of uh, appointments on Friday, which went really, really well, actually. Um, And I just been I just been trying to make sure I'm up to speed on everything that I'm doing and <laughs> making sure i'm doing everything i'm supposed to do you know documenting everything and and my co-workers will tell any any of you guys if you ask like i don't mind knocking on somebody door be like hey so and so i got a question please help me out help a girl help your sister out <laughs> you know because i don't know the answer to this question but um anybody that knows me knows that um i'm not scared to ask for help so that's really all I'm trying to do and just trying to be prayerful with, you know, the Delta variant, Lord. Everything going on. I just been trying to like yeah. keep myself protected and prayed up. And a couple of my students have been absent because they've been sick. So just pray for us. <laughs> Both of us as we're yes. in um the educational space. But with that being said, um God is good. But um let's do a little bit of a recap from our last episode so a few weeks ago we had an episode called
1: i got a testimony yes
0: i got a testimony i don't know why it just left me just that quickly um but we talked about our testimonies um first of all we gave the definition of a testimony a public recounting of a religious conversion or experience and so we wanted to tell of the goodness of god In that episode and we talked about how God has made a way for us in school, in our professional lives, in our personal lives. And we just bragged on God, y'all. Like, it was amazing. Um, Honestly, I think that was one of our best episodes. So if you haven't checked it out, please check it out. Yes. Um, I just really, I really was about to, um, I wasn't about to shout in here while we were recording. But I felt like I was close to it. (laughs) Because the conversation just got really really good and it was really uplifting so i hope you guys got something out of it we also talked about getting connected to a church home um and the importance of that and we're gonna have that we're gonna have that discussion on a whole nother episode by itself but we just wanted you guys to know like if you're not connected to a church home please you know seek god and pray about it and see where you need to go look it up on facebook you know um check out websites and things like that and see where you need to serve okay so Moving on, uh, we're going to jump into our main discussion. So stay tuned for that.
1: All right, y'all, we got another discussion today. And um, me and Jazz, we just wanted to talk about our experience with growing up, you know, as um, young Black kids, you know, and and young Black and young adults, our experiences um, obviously helped shape who we are today in our experiences, I would say, were at times similar, but they were different. Um, and so I was gonna um touch on like growing up. So I grew up in let me see, Trustville from like um grade school, so like kindergarten, no, first grade until sixth grade. I was at Hewitt Trustville. Um, and so my experience there was pretty cool. Um, it was Definitely, predominantly white. From what I hear now, it's 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 not that. It's definitely more black people when wow. I was there. Especially like kind, like first grade. I think it was like two or three of us black kids in a class. It really was not that many. So I grew up around white kids. Um, my best friend when I was young was a white girl. Her name was Stephanie. She was real cool. Um, school, but like I said, it was predominantly white. All white teachers. Um. And, and I mean, I thought it was, it was regular, degular, Schmegler. then get to middle school, high school. I went to, I moved, we moved to Hoover. And so I ended up going, graduating from Spain park again, predominantly white. But by that time it was more and more black people. Um, now, obviously Hoover had a lot more black people in Spain park, but I mean, we had black people. So it was cool. I, I mean, my best friends in high school were black or whatever. And I I would say there was a shifting um between elementary and middle school just personally because like I said when I was growing up my best friend was white like I didn't really have that many black kids in my class so my friends were white and that was who was in my neighborhood too and so I could recall the girl I grew up with Stephanie uh I just kind of I think middle school happened and we had a lot more black people coming to school and like I realized like my interest started to change or like I don't know like she mm. started to get into like no offense, but like, you know, like Pokemon, she was wearing capes to school, like <laughs> no offense, Pokemon. but that type of, 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 um, interest I'll say. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, little Chris was popping at the time. Like I'll never forget y'all. We was on a bus and this black girl turned around. She was like, who y'all favorite rapper? And I was sitting with Stephanie and Stephanie was like, who? And, and she was like rapper. And she was like, <laughs> like candy rapper. I kid y'all not. You she serious? said that. I kid you not. She said candy rapper.
0: And I was like, "No, nah, she like ludicrous." Yeah,
1: she was like, "Okay, cool, cool." And
0: <laughs> I am cracking up. And that's how you know you had a good heart because you was over there trying to stand up for her. I was you was trying, trying to take I was trying on. to
1: make sure she was good. Bless but as I got older, you know, what I am saying, I guess I got, I don't want to say more into my culture, but you know what I am saying? I guess I really came aware of who. I mean, I always knew I was black, mm-hmm. but I guess more of my interests, I get, I started getting more interested in things of the black culture, right? So music, you know, food, fashion, whatever. Uh, I started to get into, so, you know, while they was wearing, cro- this was back when Crocs was only for white people, you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying, they wearing Crocs, they ain't wearing, they don't wear, you know, whatever, um, started to, you know, get into Jordans or whatever, um, or, or just liking them or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that, and so there was a shift, I guess, in my thinking and understanding and, and maybe identity as well of who I was, um, and, and it's crazy, because I, I, I even look back on it, um, little certain certain things like um just being the only black person and somehow sometimes in school how being the only black person made me um the token and mm-hmm. um so being a a token person let me let me give y'all a definition so tokenism or being a token is the practice of doing something um only to prevent criticism or give the appearance that uh people aren't being treated fairly Mm-hmm. so i can recall being in like um oh i can't even think of it but it was like a, a honor council or something and i was the only black person um and this was in the hoover city school system but i think a lot mm-hmm. of the times like not that i'm complaining now don't get me wrong i did qualify oh i had the grades i, I was a straight a student don't don't get it twisted now
0: period. <laughs> i
1: had the grades, i did qualify period, but period. i am saying that i feel like they probably there were more qualifying black people but yet they only chose me you know what I'm saying, or, or people of color in general, whether mm-hmm. Hispanic, Asia, whatever, but yet they only chose one, you know what I'm saying, just to, again, give that appearance that, hey, we're fair, you know, we, we have Black people in the program. Mm-hmm. Now, not to say that, um, you know, hurt me, it was beneficial, I was able to put it on a resume or whatever, say I was in this under society, but in a lot of ways, when I look back on it, I do um, recognize things of that were going on, you know what I'm saying, that I maybe didn't think about when I was in grade school or in middle school you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um but that was how i grew up like i said i grew up in the white schools uh up until this point going to grad school at tsu uh hbcu this is my first time in a, in a predominantly black you know uh academia environment um wow. so but i'm loving it i really do love it y'all i'm, I'm sorry let me just say this i really love my hbcu <laughs> like walking around seeing all these beautiful different you know black faces and, you know what I'm saying just but you see whites and, and other other races and stuff but i just really love that you know what i'm saying and i mean you see people of all types not to be funny but like i seen a dude with literally a bunch of face tats but he got on a backpack going to class like oh, wow. i love it wow. <laughs> i literally love it you know what i'm saying um who knows what he trying to do but i mean you just i just love it just seeing all these black people just trying to do better trying to get an education um but that's a little bit about my um grade school we'll say background um also I want to mention I did not have any black teachers matter of fact um kindergarten no first grade I had an issue where you know the little um clamp ball things with the two little balls uh-huh. on the end
0: yeah
1: it came out man and my teacher nobody knew what to do with it <laughs> but I had to go all the way to the I think kindergarten hall was one black teacher she knew how to put it in and i thank god for her Mm -hmm. because i just want to say this representation is important so i appreciate all black educators no matter what level um i appreciate y'all so shout out to y'all if you're a teacher educator whatever i really appreciate y'all because representation matters like she literally she was the only lady that could do something with it (laughs) but i appreciate her man i I really do but i didn't have any black teachers y'all i didn't really see a bunch of black teachers until high school and it was male um, maybe one or two female, but not a lot. Um, but that was just my experience. What about yours, jazz
0: Um, you actually pointed out uh, quite a quite a few good things with your upbringing. A, a lot of stuff I really didn't know. Well, some a lot of it I did, but some I didn't. Um, but for me personally, and I know I think a majority of our listeners are from the Birmingham area. But like Jayla was saying, she grew up more so. You said the trustful area, right? when you went to school first yeah. um, and then you eventually moved into like more of the Hoover area. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for us, we moved, I would say from when I was two to like 14, we were on like the east side of Birmingham, which were a lot of you guys. And it, it was popping. It was booming. Um, Like, I feel like late nineties, early two thousands, like Roebuck, Centerpoint, um, <laughs> yeah. the Huffman area. It was, it was booming. It was Bowman. Anyways, I went to um, my elementary school was pretty mixed. I want to say, um, from what I could recall, like my kindergarten teacher was was white. I want to say first grade was white. It was pretty mixed. I want to say a majority of my teachers were white, except for two, two or three, which in elementary school I think that's pretty decent. Um. But like I said, I had, I've had i always had kind of like a balanced view of a lot of things, especially in school because I just always had white and black teachers. But elementary school, it was cool. Um, like I said, it was pretty balanced. Um, middle school, I kind of moved into, an I would say, an area where or a school district where you had to get like certain grades and um, you had to have a certain aptitude to go to this school. And so in middle school, it was like, How can I explain it? It was majority white, majority white, like 98, 99%. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, not white, 98, 99% black. But we were kind of up and coming, I guess, because you had to be, you had to have good, you know, test scores to get in, good grades. And so since the bar was kind of set high, the black, I guess, the black students that were there, they were kind of like the cream of the crop, I would say. I don't want to say that, but it was one of the best schools in Birmingham city. I would say that. So middle school, it was a majority, it was a majority black, but most of us were pretty good students. I would say, and we had a pretty good, you know, work ethic and all that. So it was a really good experience for me. Now I did not have, I think I had one white teacher in the sixth grade. Um, but Everybody other than that were black women. And I think that was important for me. And I just realized this probably in the last couple of years of my life is that having those teachers and having that experience, seeing those, those black women was important for me because I mean, they were getting their masters. Um, Some of them were married, some of them weren't, but they were like really getting it like professionally. And looking back at that, I was just like, wow, they really were like doing amazing things. And to see that, and they were young at the time, obviously, you know, going back to school and teaching and, you know, getting their masters and what whatever certifications, it was just really encouraging for me. Um, and in high school, I had a mixture of black and white teachers again. And so um, I went to Shays Valley, if a lot of you may know that, but the people that don't know, Shays Valley had a baccalaureate program, so an IB program, and we also had like academy. So we had, you know, a finance academy, we had theater, we had Um, engineering we had a lot of different academies so if you were interested in something you could easily just um just sign up for that and take those specific classes and I don't know maybe it was just guys doing but I was trying to go to Ramsey out of out of a middle school but we lived outside of the Birmingham City District and so my dad was like well, we're going to try to find you somewhere else to go because we're not paying X amount of money for you to go to this school and we don't live in Birmingham City. It just didn't make sense. Um, Ramsey was good at the time. And I think it really, it still is a really good school, but it just wasn't worth it, if that makes sense. So we just ended up at Shades Valley. And it was like, honestly, the best thing that could have ever happened to me because they set me up for a college. I feel like I was equipped Um But like I said, it was balanced. So some of my teachers were black, some of my teachers were white. Um, I think the student body was pretty much half and half. (laughs) Now, the Shays Valley side versus the IB side (laughs) was more black. And some people probably like half and half. You know, that's not true. But honestly, I'm taking into account the IB students as well. Because IB made up of a lot of whites and Asians. Um, And a lot of people don't know that because they just didn't go to the school. So... But anyways, the Shades Valley side was mostly black and you had a few whites. But um, honestly, my, my growing up period, I guess, in education was like really balanced. That's all I can say. I could always see both sides of everything. Um, and I was comfortable in most of my classes. But Jayla, how was like your college experience compared to like grade school?
1: Honestly, I feel like college going to UA, which is a PWI, a predominantly white institution, it was a reflection of my previous experience. So although, I, well, let me let me backpedal. I did. College was the first time I had a black professor teacher um, growing up. Like I said, I did not. Now in high school, there were like at Spain park. There were like five, four, five black people, two of which were in an administration and then maybe two teachers and one was in, um, the special needs, uh, uh class, but I never had an actual like teacher that was black, my teacher until college. Um, but honestly, like the population was an, an exact mirror of Spain Park, where you, I mean, it's predominantly white institution. You have your black people at UA. It's a predominantly white institution. You have your black people, black population, of course, at UA. Um, but again, it's majority white. Um, I definitely love having black professors, black professionals. Um, I think that was good for me to see, like you said. I definitely saw the benefit of it. Seeing, um, and I had a lot of them were were fairly young. I mean, I'm talking late 20s, 30s as my professors. You know, what I'm saying probably with you know master's degrees or what have you, or pursuing a PhD. I know one of my professors who was kind of like a mentor. She's now pursuing a PhD, but it was just good to see them, and and because um, these are the people you want in your corner. Uh, one of my mentors, one of my mentors, Joe, actually, um, at UA, he he was real cool. He definitely helped me the whole way through. Anytime I was stressed out, switching majors, <laughs> didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, he was there and, and I appreciate him. And then um, I had a professor, a GOMO. She helped me with my, I interned under her. She wrote my letter of recommendation for graduate school. So it's just good to have those black connections or or if I need it information on scholarship or you know point pointing me to resources these were people that I look to and I very much appreciate them and thank god for them um and so that's one piece of advice kind of as a nugget um when going into college or what what have you definitely find somebody who who you can lean on and that has an inside ear um into the institution um those are people that you're going to want to connect with connect with you give you advice keep it real with you And like I said, these were people, if they didn't knew the answer, they at least knew to point me to a resource for the answer or weren't afraid to call a department for me or whatever. So I appreciate those people. And I know, Jeff, you're definitely that for your students. So we'll be, you know what I'm saying? Um, And for those coming in. And so definitely find somebody like that. Uh, But I definitely, like I said, had more black professors and teachers in college. Um, I'm not going to lie. My friends were all black. Uh, but again I I can uh don't get it wrong now I can I can dance in any circle you know cuz when I worked <laughs> yes. I was working at Walmart neighborhood Walmart while in school and so I was cool with everybody I'm talking old young white black whatever hispanic whatever whatever sexuality whatever religion I was cool with all of them and I would sit there and have conversations mm-hmm. um with anybody there was an old white guy named Mr um, Mr. Bill, he's always giving me little caramel pieces of candy. Oh, um, but he—I mean, I, I rock with anybody. I can—I can, you know what I'm saying. But um, I will say, my friends were pretty much all black from probably middle school to high school. Um, but eh, yeah, that's been my experience. But I will say, college definitely opened my mind up to really understanding, um, blackness, the history. Of course, we all. Majority of us are probably for me with black history, but really um, understanding where we were and how that manifests itself now and what things what, what is going on now. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. So my undergraduate, my minor was African-American studies, excuse me. My minor was African-American studies. And so I really got to really dive deep into black culture, blackness um, as a black American. And so that opened my eyes up to so many things mm-hmm. that I now look back on in middle school and elementary. And I'm like, dang, that was racist. <laughs> that was wrong. Yeah. For example, my he was my favorite teacher in uh high school. Coach called <laughs> him. And um
0: that's funny, I happen, actually Coach worked Carter. at his
1: um, I worked at his camp and everything over the summer summer. But I and 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 what I what I realized now is he saw me as an exception. He saw me as one of those good old black students that does well. I'm not like mm-hmm. the other. I'm not like the other black people, quote unquote. Right? right? I did well in his class. I think he said I, I made the top grade in his history. He had been teaching for a long time, um, but I, I had the highest grade he had ever seen. And and this man told me to change my name. He told me to go by my middle name. My middle name, I'll disclose it is Michelle. And so he told me you need to go by Michelle you know like like Jayla that's that's too hard to say is it's not gonna work this man told me to go by Michelle and at the time I didn't think anything I just told him no that's not me my name is Jayla no I take that back I think I did end up going by Michelle for maybe a couple weeks but then I changed and I was like I started writing it on papers I think y'all I'm not gonna lie I can't remember but (laughs) I know he told me that and I know I didn't end up doing it for I'm gonna say at least an extended amount of time I may have did it a few days I don't remember I really can't remember I'm not gonna lie but this man told me to change my name. And that's because my name was too ethnic for him. It's too urban. J apostrophe LA. That's my real name, j Wow. And he, he was telling me to go by another name. He was telling me to change my identity, be acceptable to, to the predominant culture. The white culture is the majority um, culture in America. Um, and so that's what he wanted me to to assimilate to, to change to. And I look back on things like that. and And I can remember another, my economics teacher talking about how uh i remember he was complaining one day just to the class about how some young he didn't he didn't say black but i knew they was black how some young people he drove up to was blasting their music real loud and he rolled down his window and told them how obnoxious that was mm-hmm. i knew it was somebody black mind you this was a white man he coached baseball you know probably spilled at oh i'm gosh. just saying <laughs> <laughs> but i look back y'all on these type of things and i'm like wow what what I wasn't aware of, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But again, I wasn't aware of this until I like went to college, and and I would a- encourage anybody, I don't care if you white, black, whatever, whatever age, to take an African American studies course if you're going into school or college. Uh, that really just really shaped and 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 really kind of made me aware of things. Not to say now I look at the world as black versus white, nothing like that, but it it did make me more culturally aware of things. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and, and the importance of that is when you're aware and you're culturally aware of things you you can't you don't have that you no longer once you're able to see things you're no you're no longer able to discredit someone's uh, story. For example, if, if some people are saying they've been racially profiled by the police, you can't counteract that and say, well, no, I've never experienced that. so it must mm. not exist. Right. so quick when when you when you've never been educated on these things, that's how quickly we can, um, dismiss people's, uh, truths, you know, right. People's experiences. If we've never been through it, then it's like, oh, that doesn't exist. I was black and I went to all white schools. They never, you know, called me an N word or nothing. No, no, no. (laughs) Half the time it's not like that anyway. Right. It's, 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 um, it's not overt racism. It's uh, it's subtle. it's, It's subtle. Yeah. So, so I just college definitely opened my mind up to a lot of things. Um, and I appreciate it, um, and I, I, I mean, that's why now my, my MPH, I'm getting a concentration of cultural competency. Um, but that, that was my experience. Um, it was interesting to see, I'm not going to lie on UA campus. Um, you got your white boys in the pickup trucks, but they blast the NBA young boy out the window Man. driving down university. Man. I hear um, it now. <laughs> you got white girls, letting the black boy from steel, a Porsche. I knew a girl, I knew a situation like that dude went to steel she, parents in uphill she driving a boy she let him drive around give her drugs whatever you know Mm -hmm. stuff like that Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh, and and then white parties white parties they didn't like black boys in unless you were athlete unless you was real cool with them they didn't let you in they don't they let all girls in i as a black female could always get into a white fraternity party but they didn't let black guys in unless you knew them or you was an athlete you weren't getting in i remember seeing that all the time and seeing black boys hop the fence But but stuff like that literally went on. We had several incidents at UA. Um I mean you can you can just search it on the internet. There was a girl that went on a rant saying the N-word and she's anyway, it's just crazy stuff. I but I think I heard about that. It's 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 sad. <laughs> but I had an interesting, I mean, for the most part, I mean it was it was eight out of ten. It was cool. Yeah. UA was straight, but what what about you? What was your college feeling at Montevallo?
0: Yeah, so a lot of people know. Um, I went to the University of Montevallo for both of my degrees. But in undergrad, um, a lot of you noticed because I mentioned on the last episode that I played on the basketball team. And so I had a lot of different mixed experiences. And again, I think overall, Montevallo was majority white, of course. But we did have a substantial black uh, community there. And that really helped because... A lot of you guys may not know this, but Montevallo is kind of like, we like to call it a hidden gem because it's not big. It's not, they don't even try to compare or compete with the Auburns or the Alabamas of the world because they can't. It's the only public liberal arts college in the state of Alabama. So it's already kind of unique in its own way. And I studied, uh, well, when I first got there, I studied mathematics, but I ended up doing finance in the business department. But it was a lot of different people there. So the culture was already turned upside down from what I grew up around anyways. But going back to what I said previously, I had I was very um I had a lot of balanced interactions with people from elementary school to college. So it wasn't such a culture shock for me to be around a lot of white people in my classes because I had been around some white people at Shays Valley in high school. So it wasn't just like, Oh, I'm I'm around so many white people, I can't really, you know it wasn't like i felt so uncomfortable but i think like i said the black community that we did have on campus was really nice because every black person pretty much knew each other unless you was just i had to say it unless you just kind of weird or you was kind of like just lame and not around most of us kind of hung around the same people we didn't all hang together necessarily but everybody had their own groups and we were kind of like mix and mingle together especially if you know the soror- you know, the black, I would say MPHC, you know, sororities, fraternities would have like a party or get together. We all would kind of come together. Um, but my experience at Montevallo was very different. Um, we did not have a football team. So a lot of the interactions that I had was kind of like, it was just different. Like one day in the cafeteria, I would see a girl in a full out tutu and pantyhose. And it was just, It was different. And I'm trying not to say weird because it opened up my mind to be more, I guess, open-minded. And I teach my students now to be like um, conscientious of like diversity, equity, inclusion. And we know there's a big um, rise in that as far as in educational settings and just teaching our kids. But I just tell them like be open to people from different backgrounds because that's what Montevallo taught me. If he didn't teach me anything else, the campus itself and the community were pretty liberal which means that they were for Obama, okay? (laughs) Very democratic, you know, led type of like community. Um, I don't think that a lot of people voted for Trump. I'm just being, you know, transparent. Um, When that election came about a couple of years ago, I don't think, or even just the most, most recent election, I saw Joe Biden, you know, signs up in people's yards on my way to work because a lot of you guys know I worked at Montevallo after I graduated. So it was a very open community and so that taught me to just be open-minded and be um open to people from different backgrounds sexual orientation I mean it was very um I guess liberating for the students and they a lot of times they would even tell you like that's why I came to Montevallo it was so like open and free I can just be myself and um we did have a and Jayla you can help me out with this because I can't remember but one of my friends actually from college was a leader over this group. It was like a, a black student union type deal. Yes, black student union. Uh-huh. They, they were very involved on campus. We did a lot of things. They helped people get registered to vote. Um, They did a lot of different events on campus. Um, A majority of my teachers were white again, but um, I did have a couple of black teachers, but i don't know y'all i think it forced me to just step out my box and to be more uncomfortable and to bring just my natural self into a lot of interactions with people and not be afraid to be jasmine and be the person that god has called me to be um and not be intimidated by white people i mean me i i'd be transparent on here i was a, um, a math major at first i wanted to go into civil engineering get my master's in that and you know go to grad school or whatever so i, I majored in math And I made it y'all up until junior year, first semester, fall semester. And I took calculus-based physics and that was it. Baby, that was it. And I changed my major literally that spring semester to finance. My mom was like, you good with numbers. So let's just go into business. And then hopefully you won't have to stay too much longer. And she was right. And so it was one of the best decisions I could have ever made. But I remember and I'm glad God brought brought this back to my mind. But I remember a situation where I was at the University of Mont- Montevallo taking cow-based physics, and I had this white guy as my teacher. and of course, I was playing ball, you know, and I had an eight o'clock lecture class, physics, eight o'clock in the morning. Um, I think it was Monday, Wednesday Friday, I can't remember. But I would go to his class and sometimes I'm not gonna lie y'all we fully transparent on here That's what you know, we want to stand for I would be late sometimes now I wouldn't be real late, but you know a few minutes late here and there And a lot of times I would be late because I was coming straight from practice so I would try to like, you know Get my legs wrapped up with ice and try to get something to eat real quick and then go to class So I would be like five ten minutes late. Okay, so just to be transparent on that, but I was always going to class always going to class i never missed i don't think his class I always went to the labs i did everything i could to stay afloat in that class but for some reason i just could not you know um do well as you know as well as i wanted to do and so i remember at one point i went to his office i went to his office many times and i asked him for help i was like hey the homework is taking me hours to complete i'm going to tutoring i was also going to tutoring as well and i was trying to really get the material i didn't want to fail and he was just like, he was going through a problem with me. I'll never forget it. And he was just like, I was like, oh, but I don't understand how you did this, that, and the third. He was just like, well, this is just calculus one. This is not even physics. So if you're having problems with this, that means that you did not master what was in calculus one. And I corrected him. I was like, no, sir. I made an A in Cal one. Low-key, don't play me. That's what I was thinking in my head. Don't play me. And I didn't realize it at the time, but I think he was racially profiling me. I didn't realize it, and a lot of times in my life, I don't know if anybody else has had this happen to them, but you don't think about stuff until after, and years later, I thought about that, and I didn't end up doing well in that class, and I eventually ended up um, changing my major, obviously, and obviously get my masters and doing well in my life so the physics did not slow your girl down but what i'm saying is i felt like he was trying to play me and be like well you should have learned this i'm like no i took cal one here i made an a in it i took cal two as well did well in that so don't try to play me and i felt like in certain situations you guys have to know your worth that's why it's so important to have a relationship with god um also as a young black person you know stand up for yourself and really just walk in walking your purpose and walk in whoever God has called you to be and know that you know God made me black for a reason. I'm not just here just to be here. Um if somebody try to talk down to you, stand up for yourself. You know, don't disrespect nobody. But especially like you know, our white our white friends, you know, um teachers, administrators, a lot of times I don't even think they realize they're doing it. I really don't. Yeah, and that's subconscious just,
1: bias. And it's subconscious bias. And stereotypes, um, yeah.
0: And again, guys, I was in the Math Honor Society at, at Montevallo. Like I said, it got to a certain point where I just wasn't doing well in that physics class and in another class. And I just had to switch. So I was very competent and I had to just stand up for myself and say this, that, and the third. But, of course, I did not disrespect him. But those little situations occur here and there. But, again, and Montevallo, I think it was very free, very open. People were very open with their sexual orientations at that school. Like I said, I've seen a man, I saw the girl with the tutu on, but I saw a man that wore a dress and a wig on campus. Um, And I don't, I don't think it was near like Halloween time. <laughs> so just put that in your head. It was very just open. And so the black community was very nice. We all knew each other. We were a good soundboard um, and everything like that. So. I had a good, I, w- I would give it a nine out of 10, honestly, because I met a good, a good group of people there and I, I had some good experiences.
1: Okay. um, What would you say you, you knew about race that maybe you, or, or how has your, your knowledge of black culture or what have you expanded from grade school to maybe now, or like what caused that shift? And let me give you a minute to sit on it. I'll I just talking. I'm just talking off off the dome. Okay. I feel like a lot of what I know now definitely came from college. Um, like I said, I was a, a um, African American Studies minor, so I do feel like a lot of my knowledge and stuff came from those classes. Mm-hmm. Um, not only that, I'm not gonna lie. Probably a bit of social media. Um, some of the things I read or follow, pages I follow. Um, on the things they may post or discuss discussions what have you and i read through those and get different understandings or or what have you i think that's that's how i lot. but honestly it wasn't until like i i keep saying but it's so true until i took their african american studies class in college my first um one of my first classes ever um i was not aware of half of the things i'm, I'm aware of and i mean that in the sense of um, microaggressions. I don't know if anybody's familiar with the term microaggression. Um, let me define that. So a microaggression is a statement, action, or incident regarding an instance of indirect, subtle, or unintentional discrimination against a member of a marginalized group. This may be racial or, racial or ethnic um, group. And so for example, I didn't think about walking through the quad of UA. A simple microaggression would be the white or it could be, you know, anybody else, but white are the predominant culture in America, a white person walking and them making me move to like the grass. So they stand on the pavement. Now, and I, obviously it is, it is very crowded, but they stand on the pavement and making me move to the grass or me having to move to the grass. That's a simple microaggression. Um, Or it doesn't have to be just a black person, but you know, you may see somebody that may look Middle Eastern or something, or having somebody and it could be it could be anybody that can, can do you know have a microaggression or, or do a, perform a microaggression asking them so where are you from you know and they're like I'm from Idaho no 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 where are you really from <laughs> like that's a microaggression they're they're American you know you're trying to you know tell them they're not they're not American by asking where their family origins now there is a way to ask that but where are you from or you know type of questions that's a form of a microaggression. So some things like that I learned um I don't know, even, even how people see you, how um, people respond to you, the, the ideology of, of, of police brutality, how blackness, I, I even looked at the history of, of the black body, how the black body has always been weaponized and criminalized. Um, by the way, a great documentary would be 13th on Netflix. Um, that's a great documentary. I would, I would suggest for anybody to read that. It's called 13th. It's about the um, prison system and, and blackness and criminality. Uh, but stuff like that, I learned. Um, but I, I really I really liked it uh, personally. Uh, but those are the type of classes and those are, the, I feel like, how I gave, came into the knowledge, those college courses of what I now know um, and what I didn't know. Like I said, I'm, I'm gonna be honest, I was very ob- oblivious heading to clouds um, in grade school. But I do feel like I'm a, I'm a lot more aware of what's going on type of thing if that makes sense
0: i definitely yes that makes complete sense i'm definitely definitely um in agreement with you because like i said i think a lot of the times when you're a kid you're naive to a lot of things i mean you should be granted you're a child so a lot of stuff you're not really gonna pay attention to um but for me i learned a lot when i got into college as well and in my professional career and i'm gonna talk just um, a little bit on that because i work with 98% 98% white people, 98%. And um, I guess God honestly prepared me. And everybody knows that God does not do things haphazardly. He always does things intentionally. Y'all hear me on this, okay? Some of the reasons why you went to some of the schools and met some people that you met and were friends with certain people and had certain teachers was for a reason. Okay, so hear me out on this. God is very intentional in every single thing that he does. He knows how many hairs are on our head. Um, You know, he knew about us before we were even born. So he's intentional about everything that he does. So I do feel like that every interaction that I have had up until this point has been, you know, ordained in a way by God. So what I mean by that is me having a balanced, um, I guess, viewpoint or just me having a balanced, um, I guess just having balanced interactions with people from black and white spaces has given me the opportunity to walk in, um, I guess a freeness with myself as far as like, when I got, when I got my first job at the University of Montevallo, I was more conscious of like, you know, code switching and, (sighs) not not being as urban when you talk to people and that's I'm a whole nother to, topic, that's a whole another topic <laughs> by itself but like try not to um and my mom always told me that like use correct grammar when you get around people and not just white people but just period and i realized that when i started working with white people that they'll take something that you say and run with it so just be just be mindful be cognizant of that just present yourself as professionally as possible now don't get me wrong um be yourself when you get around people, and I had to learn that as well. Like, bring yourself to every situation, but don't be just hood and incorrect grammar and just not representing our race well. Like, be be, your best, be yes. your best self. Be your best self. Be your best self. You know, bring black excellence to the table. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Professional settings, please. Like, yeah. please, like. And I've had, I've seen this, and I've seen people just drop the ball on this, y'all. But like, like I said, with my experiences. It was very balanced and I had white and black people around me at all times. But when I got into that first professional job, people tried to play me and I'm not even going to sugarcoat it because and I talked about this on another panel, but on a panel that I was on about um, diversity, equity, inclusion for my school. But literally people will try to play you like, oh, do you know how to do this or, you know, are you you know, knowledgeable about this? And I had to tell these people, you know. Give me an opportunity to read up on this, to research it, and I will give you an answer. Or you had to just, I don't know how to explain it, y'all. But when I went into those meetings in my first professional job at Montevallo, I had to really stand, you know, 10 toes down on who I was at that point. I had to know whose I was, (laughs) as the seasoned saints uh, say. I had to know who, you know, I was a child of so I had to stand in those situations and be like, look, this is me. And um, I'm going to present myself as Jasmine and I'm going to be professional and I'm going to know what I'm talking about and be knowledgeable. And so a lot of I think I caught a lot of people off guard when I did that because they were like, oh, Jasmine used to play on the basketball team. You know, she's a she's an athlete. She's black. She's a woman, you know, and my my um, aspirations and my goals are lofty for a reason. Like, I don't want to just be average. One thing that y'all should know about me is I hate mediocrity. And us as a black race and as, as a community, we need to strive for more. If you want to get your doctorate, if you want to go back to school and get a master's, so be it. Everybody is not the school type. Okay. But if you want to do something, be excellent in whatever you're doing. If you want to go get a trade, if you want to be a welder, if you want to go work on HVACs, if you want to go do hair, be the very best version of yourself that you could possibly be. Okay. God has don't, done so much for us. For us to just sit down and not and just be give half effort, like be excellent. Oh, I need to find that scripture. Be excellent in everything that you do.
1: I just want to say it's not to say that God can't elevate you where you are or you have to change who you are. I'm just saying we're just saying don't give people an extra reason to discount you or to discredit you. Don't give them, them extra reason not to, you know. Now, don't get me wrong. What's meant for you is meant for you. So, no man, woman, or, or boy, you know, whoever can never take that. But just like we saying, present the best you that you can be, and, and you know, whether that's you want to own a business or, you know, what it will have you, you know, just bring the best version of yourself. You know what I'm saying? Because once you show that you respect yourself, you respect your time. Uh, people will see that. People take notes of that. You know what I'm saying? They they will mm-hmm. take you sitting more seriously when you present yourself in in some way compared to other other ways. If you don't, if you come in, uh, you know what I'm saying, and you you know you didn't care to comb your <laughs> hair or whatever, you you, yes. you you know little stuff. You don't you you didn't wear you know a nice outfit. You, you're shirt a, a little wrinkly or whatever. You know if you have the means to iron it or throw it in the dry, do that. You know you just want to present yourself as 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 um as respectable you know what i'm saying
0: yeah continue to just show back black excellence everywhere that you go um it doesn't matter if you're you're around white people uh people from different backgrounds ethnicities just so just show your best self wherever you go um and like i said it's for me it was important for me to be exposed to as many you know different backgrounds as possible you know asians um middle eastern people and i'm talking about at shades valley and just being more open to people, you know, I've, I've had white teammates, you know, and, um, we've been cool. We've been close and I don't discriminate. Like Jayla said, I I can be around anybody and talk to whoever. And I think you guys have to be, um, as adaptable as possible. I told my students this the other day, be adaptable when you get into these situations, not even just in the workplace, but period, in your, you know, personal interactions with people just be open. And, um, Know that, you know, whatever school you were at, whatever teachers that, you know, have taught you, everything is for a reason. So use those those situations as leverage, you know, because even in college um, and to this day, God is my witness. I had a white professor in college. She was my marketing professor. and She's one of the best people, one of the best professors I've ever had. She still keeps in contact with me to this day. Um, and it was just because I was being myself, you know, I put my best foot forward in class. I was in class, show up to class y'all in college, go to class, get to know these, these professors and stuff, um, white or black. Cause they will try, most people will try to help you, but, um, she's the one that asked me to be on the panel at the university of Montevallo for diversity. Um, and she still keeps in touch with me to this day. So, you know, I don't believe that all white people are evil or nothing like that, but present yourself in a great way. And uh, let God take take care of the rest, y'all, for real, honestly. But um, I believe that was a great discussion. But now let's hop into our scripture of the week. Um, I'm actually going to go first on this one. So my scripture of the week is Jeremiah 1 and 5. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So basically, um, that has helped me a lot because like I said earlier, like God is very intentional and he doesn't do anything halfway. And so he knew us even before we were formed in our mother's womb. And so it's important to know that just like I said last episode, he's a provider. he's, He's a sustainer. He's our father. So if anybody knows us, he knows us inside and out. And um, he'll make your way straight. You know, he'll make a path for you. He'll lead and guide you in all ways of the truth and just lean on him Um, when it comes to these situations where you feel like somebody is, you know, racially profiling you or you're in a situation where you feel like, you know, somebody is being very biased towards you. Just show love to these people, man, like God will take care of the rest Um, and be confident in yourself, you know, present your best self and bring black excellence to the table.
1: Hey, yes yes. Um, my scripture of the week is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Um, this scripture I have leaned on since I've started grad school. Um, the other night I was struggling because it was my own fault. I procrastinated on a paper. <laughs> so I was up late doing it and so I just had to keep trucking and so some I just have a few scriptures and affirmations that I tell myself and so this is one of them I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and so that keeps me going let me know I can handle whatever situation you know God's gonna carry me through it's him it's not my own strength I need to depend on it's his strength and so that keeps me going and that's been keeping me going and it will keep me through this master's program so I thank God for his word
0: yes i love philippians four thirteen 13 as well um it's one of my personal favorites one i've heard since i was a child um and i love it um but we're wrapping up y'all we just got a few church announcements this week we are shouting out um chelsea black and kimani key of grind and hoop factory in birmingham alabama um insert claps um shout out to them for opening up their own skills development basketball skills development gym um also it is used for event you know different events and um different parties you want to throw but their main goal in that space is to educate kids and to to help develop them as basketball players and and as um young students of the game so i just want you guys to go check them out if you haven't already um i actually help chelsea with a lot of like the admin stuff like administrative stuff some social media and all of that um, as well as my other friend but follow them on social media um i believe their their instagram is at uh, grind and hoop factory um it'll be in the show notes so make sure you check that out also chelsea and kimani have their own individual accounts so chelsea's handle is at how we hoop um and kimani's handle is at keep grinding keep grinding basketball so all of that information will be down in the show notes. They are really great people, guys. If you have anybody that wants to get some skills training, um, some personal, you know, like one on one or group training in basketball wise, like hit them up. You know, we'll put the website down there. Um, you know, they're really good people. I've known Key Money, Key Money for a while and Chelsea. So hit them up. Um, But we're going to go ahead and close it out with a prayer. Father God, we just bless you and we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to just be here and have the activities of our limbs and to be closed in our right mind. Father God, we don't take any of that for granted. We thank you and we praise you, Lord God. We magnify you. We lift your name up higher than ever before. Lord God, we just thank you for this show and for our listeners, Lord God. We pray that something that we have said will encourage them, will uplift them, and allow them to continue on in this fight of, of faith, Lord God. Come, continue just to bless all of our listeners, anybody that's listening. Um, protect them. with. We pr- plead the blood of Jesus over all of our listeners, our families. From the crown of our heads to the soles of our feet, Lord God. Anywhere where our our feet tread, Lord God, just be with us. Guide our path, Lord God. We know that you are Jehovah Jireh and you provide for us, Lord God. You are our sustainer, Lord God. We give you praise. We give you glory. And we know that you are a great God and you deserve a great praise, Lord God. Follow us um, throughout this next week, you know, Lord God, um, make our our quickest way straight Lord God keep us on the straight and narrow path Lord God and we pray all these things in your son Jesus name. Amen.
1: Alright y'all. Y'all be blessed. Have a great week and don't forget be the flavor that the world needs. Bye. If you're liking what you're listening to, let us know. Leave us a comment or rating on Apple Podcasts and make sure you're subscribed to our channel and following us on all social media platforms. Details will be listed in the description box. Bye.